On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. I didn't walk around on the street in tights with bicycle reflectors sewn on them or body glove tank tops cut off just below my nipples. The uh, new Kiss show has a big sphinx. In English, we say sphinx. In, in French, you say sphinx. In French, you say sphinx. Sphinx. And uh, the Sphinx will be 40 feet tall and 60 feet wide, we think. We still haven't seen it. It's being built now. Also at the time of Hot in the Shade, we brought in my therapist, Dr. Jesse Hilson, to run the KISS office and oversee the organization. I signed a formal release saying he was no longer my therapist and would not act further in that capacity. Outside of the band, eyebrows were raised about the wisdom and even ethics of my former psychiatrist working for me, given that earlier relationship. I understand that point of view, but when did KISS ever play by the rules? We're going to come out of the mouth. Our very success was built on ignoring the rules, writing our own rules, and sometimes throwing those out, too. Unfortunately, he left his wife and children around the time he joined the KISS office, and I began to hear talk of his avoiding settlement and child support payments, accusations he vehemently denied to me. We're going, going to, to come work. out of the mouth of this sphinx. Ouvrez la bouche. Ouvrez. Ouvrez. Wilson became a fugitive in 1994, and I never saw him again. Something that's cool should be beyond fashion, and so we like the idea of the Sphinx with sunglasses on, because if you're cool, it doesn't matter what the fashion is, you will always be cool, and no matter what goes on around you. And when something's really, when it's hot, you know, in America we say, oh, something's really hot, that means it's great. And if you say that it's hot in the shade, then it's so hot that you can't get away from it, you know? When it's really, really hot out, you can't get away from it. There's no denying it. So this show is hot in the shade. No matter where you see it from, no matter where you are, it's hot. Chapter 47. You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast. Side two of our retracking, resequencing of the 1989 Kiss album, Hot in the Shade. to side two um that's even so that's you all right so uh this is where i put the the street giveth it's a you flip the cassette flip the platter and right off the bat and so yeah this is uh to me this is the the perfect spot for that song we we, we, we've shared our thoughts on it so i know you didn't have it at number six what do you got here i have my favorite song on the album and that is 
a song that I think kind of gets buried in the sequencing. Silver Spoon. Oh, I thought you were going to go with Read My Body. <laughs> no, that's a good guess. But, uh, my God, I, this, this one of my favorite songs of, of the 80s by Paul. I think this is just a, a perfectly written song. I like the solo singers and the, the end of it. It was, mm-hmm. it, was um, it was difficult for me. I was like, is this an opening song for side two? And uh, I just like how it has about a you know, 15, 20-second intro or whatever until it, to it gets into it. But what are your thoughts on uh, Silver Spoon? I, there was a, this was a close between um, Street Giveth and this one as to what was going to open side two. Um, but Ooh. but because Street Giveth is better is why it's there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a Gene song. That's a nice – it's usually kind of how it goes, right? Sure. Gene well, yeah. I, I guess I didn't look at it that way, but um, you might have something there. Um, Silver Spoon is a killer fucking tune. Um uh, and, and, you know, it's one of those songs that's really, I like it a lot, but I don't think it's a single. You know what I mean? When I listen to it, it's not something that would get played on no. the radio. Um, because to me, a single does kind of represent something. Uh, and so I think I've heard people say this should have been a single, stuff of that nature. It's a killer fucking song. Don't get me wrong. And I, I would love to see him play something like this live back then. But, um, yeah, those, those, um, the, the, the female singers at the end. <laughs> Uh, 
Um, it's a really cool, just uh, I keep kind of what you were touching on with uh, "Loves a Slap in the Face." Again, something just a little bit different. Not uh, yep. Um, and you know what? And and is like Paul likes to shit on uh, Carnival of Souls. Guess what, Paul? There's a bunch of fucking songs on here that aren't talking about how great your life is and banging chicks and all this stuff. This being one of them. You know what I mean? This is a a song about you know kind of you know earning your place in the world and, and, and taking it. You know. Uh, and and he, and he writes those kind of songs all the time. So my only point there is because he always criticizes, like, what am I supposed to sing about? You know, I have a good life. Well, would we not have a good life in '89? So I don't know. Right. It, it I, I love this track. Agreed. I mean, so far on this album, there's only one song about his dick. You know, <laughs> just rise to it right. for the most part. I mean, but yeah, I I just it's. Oh, and also I'll just go with this is that this is probably this is my favorite vocal by him on the album, and his vocals overall on this album are are the Paul that I like. Like crazy was too far for me. A lot of that over the top singing, yeah, um, that he did in the '80s, where a lot of people say he peaked with his his vocal range, which may be true, but a lot a lot of times I think he was over singing. Where this is he is in the right pocket for me. I, I think a lot of people who make that comment. Um, they they focus on one aspect and that's hitting high notes and saying that's why that's when he was at his peak. Uh, he lost something around I don't know, creatures of the night lick it up like his mid range is pretty much you know. It, and by the way, but he's probably still one of the best singers on the planet during those era. But I'm saying you go back to like listen to like rock and roll over destroyer even alive. Listen to like there's just a. Uh, a depth to his voice that, and the same thing kind of happened to Steven Tyler towards the eighties. And it's, it's more of a natural change that happens in, in voices. So it's not a shot, but just because he can do, well, baby, baby, doesn't mean that, uh, that's him at his best. I I think he just had more that he could do back then, but, uh, still, he's just got a lot. Yeah, no, agreed. And, And there is one song that he is over the top on, on this album that reminds me of crazy nights style singing, but, but even like the pre-chorus of just like the, uh, I never needed anybody. Just like my daddy said, we just like that drums getting right into it. I mean, it's just, he's, he kills it on this. And if you, if you've read Paul's book or listened to it, um, you know, his dad never gave him any good advice. No, (laughs) not at all. See, and he's, he goes right to it. Uh. Um, (laughs) you know, the original title of this was, uh, I was born with a silver spoon and cauliflower ear. Uh, I thought it was uh, originally titled uh, Ricky Schroeder. Here we are, face to face, a couple of silver spoons. Hoping to find we're two of a kind. Make it a go, make it grow together. We're gonna find our way.
was one thing that I thought was goofy about it was the title because it immediately makes me think of that goddamn show. I forgot about that. <laughs> the, the lyrics Silver talked about spoons. how, like, uh, you know, Alfonso had a career before Fresh Prince and in, in <laughs> the Fresh Prince of L.A. or whatever that fucking show's called. Sure. Maybe this girl has a couple uh, full arcade machines at home in a, in a big, in a big uh, train set. That he can write, she can write on. You seen that show recently? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I remember from it. It doesn't it? hold up. Even, uh, what uh, the, the show? Yeah, I saw a rerun. Uh, I don't know in the last year at least, and I was like, "Wow, this is a fucking really stupid show." <laughs> His mom was hot. Yeah, oh, yeah, she was all right. Yeah. She's from uh, Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Aaron Gray, right? Yeah, Aaron Gray, and then you've got um, man. I mean, but but. Uh, I do think it's funny that that Ricky Schroeder, to be to be legit, dropped the Y. And now he's Rick Schroeder. Well, he became a man. It's true. And what, that's what happens. Uh, who's that guy that did? Uh, there's an actor that did the opposite. Um, who's the guy in fucking uh, not Keanu, but the other guy in uh, uh, the Matrix? <laughs> the other guy in the Matrix? Yeah, the, uh, the black dude uh, in the, oh, the trench coat. L- 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 Oh, okay. yeah, he used to be Larry uh, Fishburne. He went on to become yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence. Yes. No, that's, that's the same thing, I think. Yeah, it is actually the same. It's not different at all. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so when but I said it was different, I meant exactly the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> then I agree. All right, well, what about track two? What did you have coming in um, as a second song on side two? I've got, we've already talked about it. I've got Prisoner Love coming in. Second song on the second side. And... Uh, we have already talked about the song itself, but but like I was mentioning earlier, a lot of heart and love in this. Um, to, kind of a f- fun fun game is to replace love with heart in in the Kiss catalog. What do you think about Heart Gun? Mm. Yeah, I heart it. I heart it loud, Doctor Heart. <laughs> I would just change the name of Love Gun to Penis. <laughs> penis Gun. You know, you're going love and heart. How about you just every time they use the word love. Just put the word dick in it. <laughs> dick gun. Well, sure. Uh. <laughs> dick gun. I dick it loud. Prisoner of dick. Dr. Dick. <laughs> Dr. Dick. Calling Dr. Dick. <laughs> Calling Dr. Dick. <laughs> Praising Dr. Dr. Dick. Dr. Dick. Line one. Dr. Dick. I tell you what. I'm going to dick you. I, I I waited my entire life to hear that on the intercom. <laughs> Calling Doctor Dick. Uh. But no, but in general, like I was just thinking, like a few. There's a lot of love and heart in this. If you if you were to change this to not Prisoner of Love and just do Prisoner of Heart, that could pretty much be like you know, it could be Kathy Bates being replaced by Ann Wilson. What say you? Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, you know, I, I, I don't like heart, man, so don't go there. Uh, being Kathy prisoner, Bates, though, being a... total spank show. Boom. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, Ann Wilson, she could just hit that, that vocal range of her while she's clubbing you. <laughs> What's that movie that she's naked in? Who? Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates? Yeah, with uh, fucking, uh, I'm, not, I'm not drawing names very good, a very famous actor, Jack Nicholson. Oh, oh I'm. Oh, I remember when Kathy Bates was naked in Canteen Boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm thinking of something that, About Schmidt. A... About Schmidt, yeah. So if you want to go jerk off to some Kathy Bates, pull up About Schmidt. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know that. All I know is that uh, uh, this song is the devil. Isn't that? Everything's the devil with Kathy Bates. Yeah. But 
yeah, man. So, I mean, I don't know if anything else to say about Prisoner of Love except that uh, it's my track too. Okay, so yeah, we both two? had it in the second track, just different sides. So yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Well, what about you? What's your track two? Um, we just two? talked about it, Silver Spoon. Um, so I, I you get a nice little one two there to start off side two, Street Giveth into Silver Spoon. So one more thing about the heart thing is that I think of that. I think that the hot in the shade, the heart and the love is a theme. Uh, crazy nights. There's a lot of night. There's crazy nights. You know, uh, turn on the night, thief in the night. What do we know about animal eyes? There's a lot of fire. Yes, mm-hmm. heaven's on fire. I've had enough into the fire. Burn, I think bitch, this episode's burn. long enough. <laughs> I'm just saying that I think that Kiss doesn't get enough credit with being a conceptual band. Fair enough. Your track three, side two. Before I uh, say what it is, have any of the picks I've had, if I'm, if I'm keeping right, you haven't taken any of the songs that I've picked off the record, correct? So far, every song I've picked, you have on the album too, right? Mm-hmm. We're probably. Yes. I'm wondering if this is going to change that. I, number three, I got Cadillac Dreams. <laughs> That kind of like dreams okay. as well. All right. Well, then before we get to that, I, I, this is a cool tune. I, I kind of like again. The, you got these guys, you know, taking a step away from writing about their dicks, and kind of touching on, on like who they are as individuals a little bit with some of the messages in these songs. Cadillac Dreams is kind of similar to Silver Spoon in the sense of like you know, it's it's uh, wanting to you know achieve certain success and thinking about it and focusing on it. You know what I mean? Um, this has a really fun guitar solo by Bruce on it. Um, um, but I love that little kind of k- k- chunky. 
Yep. I don't know. It's just um, and a great vocal by Gene on it too. I also think you know, like I said, the storytelling is excellent in this on this album, like Hide Your Heart. And Gene takes another level where he basically sets you up after the solo, and kind of like he's sitting you down in front of the fireplace to to tell you a really good story. And he says, "Dig this. I was seventeen. I met this beauty queen. <laughs> checked into a one room suite. Backseat of my car. I guess there is the some, end. there is some dick talk, but." Uh... <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, you might as well have just been like Andrew Dice Clay and just said. Was an old lady, lived in a shoe. She had so many kids, she didn't know what to do. So she started giving head. <laughs> Worked out. It, it's, a, it's a lot of setup for, for that little tiny tale, I think, after the, after the guitar solo there. But I, I dig this song a lot. I don't understand why this song gets any shit at all. I don't care about the synth horns. I think it's fun. And it pretty much is Gene's entire story. Um... You know, his goal is to just make a shitload of money. That's what he has. Even though I think those dreams shouldn't be Cadillacs because that's an old man's car. <laughs> um, agreed. 100%. Yeah. So um, that brings us to the... Well, you didn't have Cadillac dreams at number three. What did you have here? Got King of Hearts, which is pretty much the same song as Hide Your Heart. Uh, almost in title. It's kind of... It, to me, it reminds me a lot. But I've always... Like this song, I love the uh, pre-chorus and, and the chorus, and it actually reminds me of another heart song, Heart of Chrome. Just that whole kind of back and forth vocal um, uh, on the track. But uh, you know, another song that opens up with a mentioning the age of a girl.
she was just 19. Or so she said. Good for him, yeah. by the way. Well done. He's a responsible lover. We should mention, too, that, that she's 19 and they're endorsing condoms at this part in the album, right? Yeah. <laughs> What's the actual blurb that's on there? The, the, oh, the it AIDS like all thing? Of a yeah, this just, it, um, well, you want me to read, read it? Uh, the facts yeah, about AIDS uh, is an equal opportunity to disease. It affects men, women, and children regardless of race, age, or sexual orientation. AIDS is caused by a virus called HIV. To date, there is no conclusive data to explain how AIDS got started or where AIDS came from. Monkeys. Uh, people with AIDS, regardless of their sexual orientation, deserve compassion, support, not violence and bigotry. So a uh, nice little, uh, you know, be good to people message from uh, the boys in KISS. Yeah, it ends with, keep on fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I admitted that part out because of the language. <laughs> okay, so, sorry. keep on fucking. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, let me see keep here. On, keep on fucking, San Diego. But uh, <laughs> I really wish it said keep on fucking. Uh, that would really improve it. <laughs> what? Uh, what? <laughs> what do, so I introduced King of Hearts. Seguir follando. Yeah, you're talking King of Hearts now. Uh, yeah, but you got you got King of Hearts. Obviously, Ace of Spades. Uh, I think it's a balls move even bringing up a. a some, something that has to do with a, a deck of cards when you go. It was going to be called Three of Clubs at one point. <laughs> oh, was it? Okay. <laughs> Just didn't have but, that uh, same yeah. kind of connection to the, the message. Oh, sure, sure. No, I mean, it's, it's again, I, I, I always think it's kind of silly when they overuse the same word on an album multiple times, but it kind of feels like the sister to hide your heart. And it's kind of the same kind of story, right? It's kind of like a, it's, not completely Romeo and Juliet, but kind of has that same vibe. But the chorus, sort of. I think you, chorus, you, you you like to make connections that I don't I don't, I don't typically see. I don't think oh, that they I was do. sat down with any direction like that. You know what I mean? Huh? Well, I could be so, wrong. Sounds like it. You have your you opinions. Know, they're, 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 it's in their eyes. They realize we can make our getaway. It's a, it's a forbidden love. Yeah, I see the I see the comparisons you're making. I'm saying they're mm-hmm. not directly. You know, I mean, things happen. You know what I mean? Seguir follando. Yeah. Anyway, this reminds me of also of, of uh, uh, Heart of Chrome as well. Yeah, and, and uh, Vinnie Pancha, another songwriting credit here. So he's worked with Paul yeah. Angine. Couple times here. Seguir follando. That's all I gotta say about this. All right. Um, I we would have had to go to eleven tracks for this to make my album. This is the ah. one that uh, is kind of on the edge there. Uh, yep. I, I would have put it somewhere in this area. It, it wouldn't have been uh, like the a last song, and, it, and I wouldn't do that stupid thing like just throwing on eleventh track and call it bonus. I I I, I hate that. It's put the thing where it's supposed to be. Don't don't tell me it's a bonus. I, I don't want that. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, I, I like the tune. It's just, I like 10 other songs in the record better. Oh, fair enough. All right. So now we're getting towards the end of the record. We have two songs left. What do you have at track four for your side two? Uh, according to your word substitution, I have dicks a slap in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... <laughs> Which doesn't seem grammatically correct. Should kind of have a rephrasing of that. Oh, yeah. Or like, you could go with the loves a mushroom stamp to the forehead. Okay. Right. Loves a dick Fair slap enough. in the face. Oh. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but but we've already covered this, but I, I that this was, again, when I, I struggled where to place it, but it, it made the most sense uh, there for me. Okay. So, but uh, what about you? I had Little Caesar at number four here at, uh, mm. at the end. Yeah. 
Finally, Eric Carr gets the lead vocal on a record that's not that's not an, an, an attempt to make Peter Chris feel bad. So odd, yeah. so odd. I was just coming into the Kiss Cannon when like, when I heard that. I was like, "Why is he overdubbing vocals on this?" Huh? Right. We're going into. We're gonna do a greatest hits album. You know what? This was an opportunity to to um, <laughs> be mean to Peter again. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so strange. Uh, Did they think that was gonna be a hit again? I, is it, that what they're? It was done one hundred percent to say "fuck you, Peter Chris." What are you talking God. about? Like, yeah. So odd. How can we make Peter feel bad about himself today? <laughs> you know, maybe that like maybe he ran out of uh, jars to fart in to FedEx Peter. He uh, <laughs> uh, Paul decided that this is the next thing. What are you talking about? Uh, can, can you do Paul on the phone like t- selling this to to Eric Carr to maybe <laughs> give give him a car? Uh, you know, hey, we got this nice backing truck from the seventies. It'll be, Come it'll on be over. well. It was around this time that, like Paul, you know, like the the, the Crazy Nights tour. I think is where uh, Paul and Eric uh, started button heads a little bit, and Paul had to. Things with Eric were definitely getting increasingly weird. Eric had stopped talking to me during the Crazy Nights tour. He sometimes got into ruts and shut down. He seemed mad at me about something. So finally, after months, months, I had to sit him down and read him the Riot Act. You just can't pull this kind of shit for this amount of time. It might have sounded dictatorial, but the fact was he was there to play drums and be a member of the team. The silence and tension had become unbearable. This non-communicative bullshit stops today, I told him. And it did. It seemed he needed help to force his way out of a self-imposed prison. Read Eric the Riot Act about like you know you know your place. So who knows? He might have called them up and been like, "I didn't think you were talking to me, still, Paul." You know, <laughs> there's my Eric Carr impersonation. I need you to sure. sing uh, the lyric vocals on the record. Awesome! I got a lot of great. You're gonna sing Beth. Or maybe he was you know because Paul had the, the two new songs were on there and both of them were Paul. Maybe he's like he's like Gene. If you don't contribute a fucking song to this greatest hits, I'm gonna have Eric Carr do vocals <laughs> on top of on top of Beth. He's like you would never. Fuck you. I'm doing it. Well, by all accounts, uh, Paul was driving the ship. Everybody seems to agree on that. Even Gene at the at that point. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was uh, the executive decision. Definitely, there's no way it was a label idea. Like you know what would really work here. You know, because if someone from the label did, Paul would say this. I was at this label before you were here, and I'll be here after you're gone. I, I agree. He was he was definitely driving the ship, and that was the great ship lisp. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right. But Little Caesar, not uh, – I really wish – I wished Eric can – I, Can I just tell you this much? The fact that you picked this song for the 10-track album, ain't that peculiar? Uh-huh.
Eric's only lead vocal of an original tune uh, that we recorded with Kiss would have been better. Um, this is an okay song. It's it it. I can't take it off because if I took it off, it would be um, removing Eric Carr, and I just I I I just don't want to do that. I, I I think King of Hearts is a better song than this, but if I I have to leave the song on here because it's his only real lead vocal contribution. He's had some songwriting credits uh, scattered throughout. But uh, yeah, because of that, I, I just out of sentiment alone, this song has to stay in my book. Yeah, well, as you know, I'm I'm mostly a robot, and they have no emotional <laughs> content, so I have no problem removing Eric Carr. That's from why my, you like the drumming mine. of Eric Singer. <laughs> That's right. Oh, look at you! But uh, uh, but yeah, I have I I never liked this. I'm sorry. Were you done with that one? Yep, you're you were good to go okay. there. Okay, I never liked the song, and and this is not a joke. From the moment I saw it, it just reminds me of Pizza Pizza from from the title. Yep. Um, the lyrics I thought were goofy, um, and I just don't like the song that much in general. So I don't care who's singing it. Um, <laughs> would, would you, if Gene was singing lead vocal on this, would you remove it? Yep. Okay. All right. So there we, we have that at least. I just thought it was kind of like a bone. They just threw him. Here's your fucking song, and it was in a, a goofy title. Yeah, it, now it, I did, it feels like because we've heard some of his other stuff now. There's better songs he wrote. It seems like yes. they almost insisted on it being like this kind of goofy little silly song. I, I, yeah. Little Caesar. I, was, I mean, who <laughs> fucking yeah. writes a song called that and doesn't regret it? <laughs> right. Exactly. And when I did find it, and I heard this on a different podcast, I can't remember what, but I did. Uh, this was when, when, um, they started having a tradition of songs about pizza on their album. Cause the next, you know, revenge had dominoes on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and um, I'm not sure if you go deeper into the catalog, but uh, it's not just those two those two albums that reference yeah, pizza. Papa Murphy's is a song on uh, Monster. <laughs> Papa Murphy, there's no Papa Murphy. Uh, it's uh, one of the, it's a bonus track in Japan. <laughs> oh, but but you know on on they even did this on Carnival of Souls. You remember that song called "I Will Be There in 30 Minutes" or it's free? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what about uh, I Confess? <laughs> What about what about what about I confess? I've I already ordered. laughed at one of your bad jokes. I got a reputation to restore here. <laughs> well, you don't have to laugh at this. I'm, I'm going to do this with crickets, motherfucker. You ready? Yeah. You, you, you can lay them in. Yeah. What about the and, and also uh, the Carnival of Souls is a double hitter because they also had I confess I ordered from Papa John's because I love racism. <laughs> oh man. What about going, what about what, one last? You one, should though, do stand up. <laughs> I should. I should. I would love it. You know the the, the thing with me you doing like stand up. <laughs> the thing about me doing stand up during uh, during COVID is is I have the same 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 sound from the audience. Oh, boo! What do you think? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, no, nobody's there. No, I, no, but, uh, I was booing being, the joke. Uh, yeah. Oh, good, good. Well, you're. Uh, what about this? Actually, harkens all back to Asylum. Uh, yeah, it, you know, any any way you slice it is fine, but I prefer deep dish. Mm. Yes. Yeah, okay. I'm done. <laughs> See, I did some prep work, people. All right. Leave it in there. Leave it in there. I want booze, nothing but booze. It's gold. Let's, uh... All right, what's your closing track, man? How are you bringing this album home? Um, Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell, to me, is the, uh... When I actually think the the original track of uh, Ending with Boomerang is a good is a good closer for the record. It's just a shitty song. <clears throat> with what I had left, I think Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell is the, is, is the most appropriate track.
it kind of um, has that kind of fade out, you know, end credits kind of feel to it that uh, that I that I always like when I'm when I'm thinking about how an album should roll. Um, it, it's it's a pretty good song. Um, uh, like I said, this one beat out uh, King of Hearts, uh, and so I, I put it slightly ahead of that, I, I suppose. But uh, I just another Gene tune. I will say one thing about my final list here before I, I ask you what you got last is that my record would never have happened because there are five Gene songs and four Paul. But uh, so that would have at least got me to that eleventh track, and I would have had King of Hearts in there somewhere. But what did you have gotcha. uh, closing the record? Yeah, this one was really difficult too. And I go back to the boomerang thing. That that song got shit on a lot. I think it's got a great Bruce solo. Some uh, I don't see how those are those. Oh, fake I hate drums that fucking lead solo on the beginning of, at the beginning of that song. No, I'm, talk, I'm talking about the actual solo. Yeah, yeah. At the end, anyways, you know, it's got some good double bass drumming and stuff like that. It's a good outro song. It fits nowhere else in the album. But again, there are better songs in this, so it had to be cut for me too. And I put, I put uh, Cadillac Dreams is the, the okay. outro song, which was. If, at first, it's like such an odd choice, but it does kind of ramp up near the end. It's got this nice fade with the horns, and it's got the the double bass drums and stuff like that. So it's it kind of, it works for me. But um, I do love that again, outro you, to that song. Yeah, I think it, that could have worked too. But yeah, mine's better. And and, and, and with yours, to, that whatever. But the <laughs> but that was the heaven and hell was one um, that was right in between for me too. Of where do I put this and keep it? I do like that song too, but it's one that I that I ended up cutting. So. With that said, you want to talk about the songs that we cut? Yeah, no. The, want... Let's start with the ones we both had off here. Um, you love me to hate you. Now I have um, a quote from Desmond Child that pretty much sums up my thoughts on the song. Uh, let me find it here. Okay, so Desmond said, "I had written I hate myself for loving you for Joan Jet. It's the same words, just rescrambled." <laughs> Paid. It's far less catchy. Now, with that, I would like to say that um, I always felt, you know, with the exception of uh, a couple uh, standout tracks, Desmond never really gave Paul his best effort or his best work. It seemed like everybody else he was working with that had, like, Bon Jovi or even, um, uh, who, who are some of the bigger artists that he worked Alice Cooper ended up doing, a, had a big hit with him, although I think that song is garbage uh, or it's trash. <laughs> 
Well, that entire album is is written by Gidesmo Chavez. Okay. Um, uh, I'm talking the song Poison really broke Alice back. Oh, sure. I never right. really came, I didn't jive with that <laughs> song, but we're not talking about that. Anyway, I, I think that he kind of mailed it in. Oh, he worked with Aerosmith quite a bit, too. Um, yeah. But it seemed like with Paul's stuff, it's like, it, this is like... He got like the 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 dummies version of Desmond Child, where he saved his A game for other artists. Um, I, th- there's wisely so. There's some ex- exceptions, but I think most of the stuff that uh, he did with Paul ended up being far less than than like the, the stuff you'd hear from songs from Bon Jovi, Aerosmith, that that kind of stuff. I, th- I think what you're saying is he's a smart businessman. I think that kind of what you're saying is he had a hit with I Was Made For Loving You with them, and almost like he was like, okay, I'll be nice to you, Paul, and I'll write some songs with you. But the ones that he probably had that he knew would be pushed further and make more money, he gave it to other artists. Yeah, it seemed I that way. Right. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe he actually held some stuff, some ideas back. Who knows? That's what I mean. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, now, Desmond's always been, you know, had very nice things to say about Paul, so I'm not... I'm not directly stating anything. I just it, it just feels that way. Like this is a good example of like you love me to hate you, and it's that classic you know um, yin yang black white good evil you know that kind of thing that Desmond uses in a lot of his like you give love a bad name love bad heaven fire yeah. like you said yeah exactly so and uh, and you know, look he had flat out cops to that <laughs> that's part of his his approach but. And and just one last thing on that song too. That you know, obviously that was cut from mine too. That is the example of over singing leftover from Crazy Nights for me. Okay, that song. For yeah, me. definitely. Um, uh, now I took. Well, wait. What what else? Read my body. We both had uh, off. I don't think there's much explanation needed there, right? I think anybody no. with ears could understand why this should never have made the album. got 15 fucking songs you don't think this one could come off well it's not just that but it's also the fact that hey Def Leppard had a long album let's do a long album let's do pour some sugar on me that's the comparisons made to that too let's try it and this is how you should not write pour some sugar on me basically yeah it's like can we make pour some sugar on me but less enjoyable (laughs) yeah and this is the other co-write by the way by that Judas Priest guy okay uh, Bob Bob Halligan and, and Kicks guy yep and the other one so. that we both took off was Boomerang. I just think it's, I don't know, it's like Kiss trying to do speed metal. It, it just, I never got the song. Oh. 
Now, on the record, it's the closer, and that makes sense. So I, I think it's sequenced properly on the album. I just think it's a shitty fucking song. Yeah. If you if you weren't writing these down as as you went along at home, well, shame on you. You should have been. Yeah. Uh, but you yeah, can go sorry. to the show notes and see my list and Luce's list, and you can uh, maybe if you have a little fun, uh, queue up a playlist for each one, see which one you like better. Um, I, I I think either way, we both improved the record. Um, I just did a better job of it than you. So uh, <laughs> A plus for me and Luce, you get a nice C plus. Oh, thank you. Well, what I'm going to do too is I'm, I know I know that that you'll never do this, but I've actually uh, uh, sequenced mine on Spotify for a public playlist. Mm, nice. Uh, okay. And and, and I'll, I'll make one for you too, just to make you angry. Uh, yeah, thank you. I like how he's like, yeah. When, when I did the, when I did this for Crazy Nights, I fucking beefed up the production, kind of add a little more bass to it, so it sounded a little more natural. And then I put up a shared file that people could download it, an actual almost remastered, resequenced. Uh, and you're all you're all proud of yourself. Because you fucking made a Spotify playlist. Oh, way, right. to, way to go the extra mile there. He, you only, the, and the truth is, you only did that so that you could hear your songs in the order you did it. <laughs> but how I made it though is it's a special version of Spotify playlist where after the first, after the fifth track, it just gets stuck and just goes around in a groove uh, until you actually have to go there and hit stop and, and hit play again. Nice. That's for you. That's for you, Craig Smith. You motherfucker. You did an awful lot for Craig Smith this episode. I did. I feel I owe it to him. You motherfucker. I, I feel I owe it to him in this room. You motherfucker. Yes, yes. Um, well, uh, we've covered every track on the album then. Uh, any closing thoughts that we missed? Uh, I think I uh, I don't have a whole lot more to say on this thing. I, I think it's a no. good record. Um, it was a great tour. It was a great time to be a Kiss fan. This will be the last record that Eric Carr would play on, and then the following tour was also his last tour. Uh, he died in 1991, of course, the same day as Freddie Mercury, I, uh, December 20th or something like that. I don't know. Uh, you can look up the date. I, I just don't have it in front of me. Um, and, but it, it, he's definitely missed. I, 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 I think Eric Singer is a, is a very credible drummer, but he's, a, he's, he's the epitome of a, a session player. And then that's why he's been in 900 bands, you know what I mean? Uh, Eric Carr, I, I think, is missed a little bit, but honestly, they're, it's not like they're fucking making music now, so who cares? Um, uh, as, as far as that's, I just, I don't know, he was such a good personality. That's the one thing I think about with this record is is him. So, uh, God bless you. Rest in peace, Eric Carr. Uh, what do you got? Any thoughts? No, just in summary, that, that of the unmasked period, you know, I'm, I'm going to just say that this is better than Asylum, Crazy Nights, and Animalize. And while those, and, and while you might argue some of those albums had maybe higher highs yep. and lower lows, uh, I, I think it's an album where they used, I'm not even looking, but I'm almost positive that this had the most, this is the biggest variety of co writers, which I think is five. Okay. So sometimes they would just grab a Desmond here and there, and then Gene would write by himself and things like that. So, um, Jean Bouvier. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's not on it. No. But but yeah, I think it's overall, and if you cut it down from, if you get rid of the bloat, I think if you cut it down to 10 tracks like we have, you can see it uh, more clearly that it, there are some quality, great songs on on this album that's that's it's dismissed quite often as one of their worst of the Unmasked. Sure. Period. Yeah, it, this yeah. album just, it blows away Asylum and Crazy Nights. Um, I might like Animalize a little more. I don't know. It kind of depends on the mood. Uh, go, the fact that we just went through this, I'm thinking I like this record a little better, but uh, I'm with you for the most part. I Yeah, this to me, to me, like they're from Lick It Up to uh, Revenge is like a smile. And, uh, yep. you know, they go down to uh, Asylum is the bottom of the arc <laughs> and yep. Revenge and Lick It Up on the two ends or the high ends. So, and, uh, yeah. 
And, it, and, and again, since we're talking about closing thoughts and personal wise, this was kind of a good zone for me because really I got in this album in the in the ninety mm. in ninety near the tour, not in eighty nine. So between this and the whole uh, God gave rocket to you too, seeing that video in Revenge, that two year period really kind of cemented my uh, my Kiss fandom from going deeper and all all that. So uh, so it does hold a a, a certain uh, important place in in my King of Hearts. Well, do you think we can get out of here? No, I think we've made a very bloated podcast about trimming down an album. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Thanks for sticking through the whole thing. <laughs> All right, man. I'm glad we finally got around to doing this episode. You want to get out of here? Yeah, let's do it, man. Rock's not dead. But Tito is. Hi, you're listening to WCWP, the home of rock and roll. This is Eric Carr of Kiss, and I'm here with Tony Mall, and we're doing an interview with me. You're going to love this, guys. You're, you're going to love this. We'll be right back. Where are we going? We're We're not, going whatever happened, you said you're going to play the... You're not gonna... No, no, it's just because you're right. not too I'm oh. here. Okay. Organization, I like it. That, that's him. Do you hear that's that? That's him. He spoke. He spoke. He spoke. Who is it? Who is it? Um, are you bigger than a... Wait, are you... No, don't don't answer that. Um, it, um, <laughs> wait, what's my line? How does it's, that go? It's 20 questions. Guess who it is? No, just tell him something. Okay. We have it's difficult it. being a deity. <laughs> you Do you know what that is? Play. That's on the bathroom it. wall yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah. It's about him. Who wrote that? I didn't start that. Did I you write answered. that? No, did so, you write so it? Tony Miles guy, and so I said, Thanks. No, I know. I saw the whole thing. Did you answer? Did you write that? Well, I wrote the, the responses. I didn't write the ah. actual, I didn't actually initiate it. Because deity is spelled wrong. Did I spell it wrong? <laughs> you betcha. I spelled deity. Okay, I wrote it's that. It's D I E T Y. That's what you spelled. And I think it's D E I E T Y. Right? Oh, really? Something Too like easy. that. So. Let's okay. get an audience uh, participation. Anyway, this is Eric Carr. This is Eric Carr, you know. Eric Carr, that's yes. him. This is the guy that's been interviewing me about about what I've been writing on the bathroom wall. Listen, we're doing a survey. Hi, this is Eric uh, from Kiss. In case you don't know what band I'm in, that's the band. Uh, okay, um, we're doing a survey here. Tony hates my clothes. He's been goofing on my clothes, what I'm wearing ever since I got here. We want hundreds of people to come down to the station and give their opinions on what I'm wearing. Okay, we have a big window. I'll stand in front of the window and you can watch. And then thumbs up if you like it. Thumbs down if you don't. And that's it. Back to you, Tony. Okay. So, Eric, <laughs> hot in the shade. Yes, I know. It's great. It's so, it's so, it's so good. Not that I'm licking your ass or anything, but it's, can I say that on the air? Can I say ass? If you were licking anyway. my ass, <laughs> they wouldn't be able to understand what you were saying. True. And it would, okay. <laughs> it's so good. It's, and there it is. Yeah. There, hold that up, Bob, so all the listeners can see CDs. it. CDs. They have CDs. They're holding up no, the it's album. Really, it's an awesome album. It's so, it was worth the two years. Yeah, and let me tell you something, a little trivia. You know how hard it was to get Gene to hold still for the photograph of that cover? Really? Yes. Really? That's Gene, uh, <laughs> that's Gene in the morning with his <laughs> I mean, sunglasses uh, on. The, the Sphinx on the cover? That, that's, that's him. Gene? Yes. Damn. Just kidding, Gene. And those big sunglasses. Yes. Okay, so moving right along. <laughs> okay, so it's um, it's really great. I, Thank I, you. That man. sounds dumb. I'll say it again. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Well, next question. Next question. Okay, so it's got 15 songs on it. Yeah. It's got uh, it's a nice full album. You know, it's got seven by Paul, seven by Gene. Yeah. And one finally by you. I know. And I know I'm telling you all this stuff that you already know. So maybe you could say some stuff that I don't know yet. How long did it take for you to put that out? Oh, there's another point. voice that chimed in. Hello, here. this is George. Um, actually, this album went like really, really fast. But yeah. we started. We went in the studio in June, mid-June, mm -hmm. and we were done probably, I don't know, June, July, sometime in early August, we were actually done with the recording of it. And then, you know, the mixing, the overdubs and the mixing usually drag things out, but we got done really fast, four, four months at the most, and we're done. Was it fun? Yeah. 
you know, there always work. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes it's fun, sometimes you fight, and sometimes you disagree about things, but that's just part of a uh, creative process, you know? Well, this is what... Uh, so how did you eventually get them to... How did you convince them to put on one of your songs, finally, one of your vocals? Well, I, I locked myself in the bathroom, and I refused <laughs> to come out, and I said, look, I'm not going to play the drums unless you let me sing something. They said, okay, here. No, I'm just kidding. We did the did same you write thing the word here. deity on the wall to get them to... Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, when I wrote deity, Gene said, okay. He said, uh, no, actually, the way that happened, I brought three songs. Do you really want to hear, like, the actual story, or should yeah, I just sure. give you, like, a, a dumb answer, you know, no, no, so really you can continue? Stories. All right. Um, Have a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. If I, yeah, if I give you the truth, it'll still be a dumb you answer. Edit it later. <laughs> okay. Um, the way it happened is that I brought three really, really good songs to the band in April when I went out to L.A., a uh, really killer ballad that I had called Somebody's Waiting, but we had uh, Forever which was like so super, you know, that we decided to go with that one. But Little Caesar was a rhythm track that I had done at home, just goofing around, you know. I let Gene hear it. There was no vocal on it. It was just a drums, bass, and guitar on it. And uh, I didn't think he would ever, you know, think it was anything. And he loved it. So Bruce and I went into the studio where we did the album, Fortress, and we cut a 24-track demo. I played the drums and bass on it. Bruce did all the guitars. He did his lead guitar part, like one or two passes, and he was done because it was a demo. Um, and then the song sat for a couple of months until we finally came up with some lyrics, you know, that worked for it. And, uh, so a little bit of Kiss trivia is that the track that is on the album is the actual demo. Oh, oh wow. It's a demo. And it's just me and Bruce playing. And it sounds great. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, it just, it kind of like happened, you know, because we weren't trying to make it perfect. So it was exciting and it happened. We decided if we try to recut it, it'll never be as good. So we left it. Wow. So what? Who cares? You said you had another two songs? I didn't say that. You did. Oh. <laughs> no, you said you had three. <laughs> the what is flying across the studio. <laughs> I know, and landing He's on the just floor. too witty for us. No, oh, I'm sorry. What? Let's hear the song, Little Caesar. All right, let's play it. Yeah, play it as you. Okay, right. anything to shut me up. Yeah, please. Oh, please. That is the demo. That is the original demo. So what? Who cares? Well, and that's just you and Bruce on there. It's just, just yeah, it's Bruce and I on all the instruments, and me and Gene doing harmonies through most of the song, and me and Paul at the end. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, listen. Hey, uh, I didn't remember we are still doing this contest. We want to find out if my clothes are really ridiculous or not. Yeah. All right. We want hundreds of people to come here. Now, you all know where the station is. You have to come here. What? In the bitter cold. Well, we have two already. We have two already. Yeah. And they like the way I'm dressed. All right, so that's two for me and none for you. Okay, but they're girls. You've got to understand, you know. Yeah, that's, that's all that counts. That's all that yeah, counts. That's all that counts. Right, 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 right. No, I, actually, no. Let's be fair here, okay? Because, guys, you know, if, the, if I'll take the opinions of anybody, if they say that I look like a jerk, then fine. I never said you look like a jerk. I, I like what you're wearing. But you intimated. You like that word? I'm intimated. Not intimated. Nobody. Intimated. SAT words. Is that a good word? Yeah, that's a good all right. word. Like Int- deity. <laughs> spell correct. Someone should call in with the correct spelling of deity. Please do so. Put them on the air. Back yeah. to you.
But we'll, oh, that's right. You're, we're on video. This is what I do when we're when we're doing this. See? That's <laughs> that's my secret when I'm concentrating. <laughs> What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.